Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. so much for being here today on this very special episode of Windowsill Chats. Believe it or not, you are listening to episode 100. That is 100 weeks of content. That is 100 wonderful people that have said yes to coming on and sharing about themselves. And I just want to thank you so much for tuning in and for being here and for supporting this podcast that I really love putting out into the world. I especially am touched when I hear that it makes a difference to you or it makes you realize you're not working in that studio by yourself, there's others doing similar things, or it brings up questions for you, or it inspires or challenges or whatever that might be. So thank you for that. And here's to 100 plus more, because I'm not stopping anytime soon. So again, thank you so much for being here. You know, when I first thought about what episode 100 should be, it felt like, you know, kind of important as is episode one, because people kind of tune into those particular numbers. And I had it all planned that the guys who did my jingle that you hear at the beginning of the podcast would be on, but they'll be on shortly. They're too busy performing. Well, not too busy, but they were performing in our timing art before podcast. So that was super cool. And then I thought, okay, do you just want to hear me? Probably not. Why don't I call on my dear friend, Lisa Congdon, because she has been a solid, uh, wonderful thread throughout windowsill chats. And she's been on here several times. And I think we take up topics that are important that everybody thinks about that are thought provoking and things like that. And so if you don't know who Lisa Congdon is, she is an internationally known fine artist, illustrator, and writer. Uh, Lisa's self-taught and she didn't really achieve momentum in her career until she was nearly 40. And despite her untraditional path, she's received loads of recognition, not just as an artist, but as a leader in the industry for her work in social justice, knowledge sharing, mentoring, and teaching as well. Um, In March of 2021, she was named one of the 50 most inspiring people and company, according to industry creatives. And I couldn't 
agree more. Lisa has her own podcast called the Lisa Congdon Sessions, and it's for creative folks. And it's also about living and working with more intention, curiosity, and joy. And one of the things that's super interesting to her is what happens at the intersection between life as an artist and life as a human with all of our baggage, aspirations, hopes, and dreams. She tackles big questions and practical ones about business, social media, time management, and finding your way through the winding creative path, just like we do here. So she and I love sharing thoughts and tips and conversations from the heart. One of the things Lisa has started recently is something called the Knack School, which we get into in just a little bit here in our conversation. And you can now join her there for group coaching cohorts and webinar style classes. And she covers topics from building your business to branching out to new areas, to finding your voice and living into your values through your work. So a couple of days ago, I said, Hey, Lisa, how about coming on episode 100 and just having a conversation about what we're up to. So that's what we're doing here. And thank you for being here. As always, Lisa has really interesting things to say, and she's so inspiring to listen to. And you might find out a few more things about me as well. Anyway, enough about that. Thank you so much for being here and for listening and supporting windowsill chats please anytime i would love to hear from you pop a message in my dms and let me know what you'd like to hear more of i'm always really interested in just putting out content that you want to hear so again i just really appreciate you and here is episode 100 thanks for being my hundredth because that i mean really when i stopped to think about it i was like well duh who better and my lovely mm, Lisa. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I, you, Margo. I can't believe it's been a hundred. And I love that in that time, you have an amazing podcast too. And so much has happened yet. Here we are still doing the same old thing we do. I know it's true. What date did you start your podcast, Margo? September 8th, 2020. Yeah. So yours was a pandemic podcast. Mine's a pandemic podcast. I am nowhere near a hundred episodes. I'm only at 28. Still, there, there are 28 good ones. Get it? I was talking to a listener this weekend, somebody I ran into that, that was a listener, and she was saying, you know, I love it when you talk about artists, but I love it when you talk about things that help us grow or, or that we run into as roadblocks or the, the things we all face, like comparison or, I don't know, collaboration, just all the things, which I think you certainly do really well. And I just feel like I touch on them as, as the conversations come. Yeah, I think it's such an important thing to talk about what can go wrong and what's hard as much as success and what led to success. Like, I think real talk is really important. It all is such a big part of it. And the hard, I mean, we can all, it's like Instagram, right? Or social media, like, oh, look how nice they look, but what's right outside the frame and what's right outside the frame of what looks like success, you know, what's it take to get there? And just on a theme, what's it take to get to a hundred episodes? Well, it takes absolutely an amazing editor, my editor, Katie, who for some reason can kind of read my mind, which I'm so grateful for. And it takes showing up and continuity, which to do this a hundred weeks in a row, I don't know if there's anything besides waking up and going to sleep that I've done for a hundred days in a row, a hundred weeks, sorry, a hundred episodes. And you still love it. I do. I love it. I love it so much. I love it more now, which That's is, great. which is cool. And I love to thank you for being 
a consistent thread. And we, you know, I think in, when we first talked about it, like, hey, let's come on like every six weeks and have a, you know, a collaboration. And and it's been more like, oh my gosh, Lisa, I haven't talked to you in a while. Let's, let's, let's I do know. this. And, you know, most of your listeners probably know this, but Margot and I are very close friends, like sisters in a way. And it just goes to show you that we're both so busy and engaged with life that um, even though we text fairly frequently, we will realize, you know, yeah. it's been like two months since we actually spoke to each other. And the this pipe dream of, you know, making every six week appearances became, it was easier in the beginning because during the beginning of COVID, neither of us was doing anything else really, but sitting around our houses. And now, you know, we're kind of back to normal life for better or for worse. And so it's been harder for us to like connect as friends, but also for me to like pop on windows chats. Right. Right. And I think it, and that's a great example too, of how family or friend or business, whatever. It's like, oh my gosh, this time has gone by and it's up to us. Right. And the relationship one has to say, let's, let's catch up. And what are you doing? And what's that look like? And to be able to say, we'll have plenty to talk about and it, it all is relevant. And, and I always appreciate Mm -hmm. it. What is your favorite thing about like, what gets you the most excited about having a podcast? Well, that's a great question. You know, I love it when I hear from people that they caught something in a conversation that made them feel not as alone, not Mm -hmm. as on an Island that gave them a little direction or made them feel like, Oh yeah, I can do it. That person did or something like that. And I just, I love to connecting with people there's a lot of you listening that I don't really know who you all are, obviously. And I just love that somehow you're found, you found your way here and you enjoy the conversations and I get to share, you know, I'm kind of like you are Lisa, that one degree, Kevin Bacon kind of, we have a lot of connections and if we can and share those and get, you know, keep that thread going and keep people inspired and excited about what they're doing, then that's my, that's my passion. I love I love being able to do that. And isn't it neat when people, I get this sometimes too, when people um, email you or comment that they, there was one little nugget in an episode and it may not even have been the nugget that was the point of the episode or the theme of the episode, but like that they walk away with something that makes them feel hopeful or not alone or whatever. And that people actually let you know when that happens. I love that. I do. I love it when people comment. What's your least favorite thing about having a podcast? <laughs> having, having to show up every week. I yeah. am not, you know, one of the things I so admire about you is how organized you are and how you really dial into those moments. And when you have, you, you tend, I feel like at least from my point of view, looking in, you tend to have really, um, figured out what matters time-wise and, and slot those things in. And I'm, I'm kind of dump, dump it all into the bucket. And so I've been trying in this last year to, um, pay real attention to what matters the most and what I can, what's helping others, what, what time I spend with my kiddo and things like that. So I think sometimes for the record, (laughs) yeah, I was going to say for the record, I'm, I'm it's, it's always a work in progress. I'm still doing, I mean, I I I definitely, I'm probably like, I'm probably like, um, further along than a lot of people in terms of like being connected to what matters to me and making sure that everything I do in my life is connected to that, my purpose for sure. 
I'm not going to deny that I've worked really hard on that, but I'm also just like, I was just telling my staff this morning, like, I feel like such a hot mess right now. So because I also have trouble sometimes saying no. And so then I end up doing too much that doesn't, isn't necessarily aligned or that I, everything is aligned. I just don't have time for all of it. And it's really hard to. Yeah. Cause it all sounds good. It all seems amazing. Yeah. So I can relate to that so much. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, and I didn't think about this till you were talking is, um, I wish I could like, look at you all who are interested or listening. I should say you're listening right now. And I'm like, Hey, there's 99 countries that listen to this podcast. Granted, some of them might be, you know, like, I don't know, doing something untold, but there's a lot of people out there. And I just, I just want people to know how much I appreciate that. And, and I would love as much feedback as people want to give on what they want to hear. You know, this is a hundred and I'm not stopping anytime soon. What's your, what's your favorite thing? I think similar to you, I really enjoy hearing from people who are listening like either, you know, cause I do a combination of guests and monologue episodes and, you know, like what really sparked something for them or what made them reflect on something in a new way. Um, that's also really exciting for me. I also really love, um, I get really excited, like talking to somebody, interviewing people and like talking mm-hmm. to someone that I've never actually, that I maybe know online, but I've never talked to Yeah, so and fun. getting to answer questions and, um, and I don't know, I really love like connecting with people in authentic conversations and mm-hmm. then um, being able to put that out into the world. Because while I might have some wisdom to drop, um, most of my guests do too. And I, I like giving other people the mic to do that. That's like, like super fun for me. I love that too. Sometimes or I've really thought about doing a lot more of, of my own Um without a guest. And I find that I just love riffing off or list, honestly, Mm -hmm. listening and thinking, huh, that I'm really curious about what they said. I, I, I know some people script their whole interview and I'm not talking about you. Other people, you know, will come up with a script and I, and I admire that because that is probably necessary, but I love listen, the process of listening and being intrigued by something I've heard and digging into Mm -hmm. that. It's super rewarding. Yeah, it is rewarding. I mean, it's good to be prepared because like I've had a couple guests who are a little, not very good at, um, elaborating mm-hmm. or like they're really wise people, but like, they'll give you their answer and then, you know, you have to come with a <laughs> follow-up. So listening is, as, is a really good skill. Um, or you have to be prepared with questions because even more questions than you think you can ask in yes. 20 to 45 minutes. Um, because you never know. Um, and then I've had, um, you know, done preparation before and then not ever asked one question on the list because the person, <laughs> except maybe the first question, yeah. because the person, um, we went off on some tangent that made perfect sense. I love um, that. and I so, love that. yeah, preparation is important, <clears throat> but also, kind of letting conversations flow. I'm getting better and better at that as I, as I learn interviewing yeah. people is a skill. <laughs> it's not something that you can just do. And right. I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Do you better. listen to your episodes? Do you go back and listen? Sometimes mm-hmm. not always. I've listened probably 50% of them. That's good. 
And I sometimes it most of the time it's in the car with Clay because she'll yeah. be like, oh, I want to listen to this episode. So oh, I, I like to that. it with her. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't know if I've ever listened to one of my episodes with somebody else. Often I don't because I feel like I'm I'm sitting down to have the conversation like right now. And I've had that conversation and Katie has worked some amazing magic. And I'm just like, well, it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the things hap- coming up for you that you're excited about? Well, right now, um, as we are recording this, I made a decision to not have any client work this summer, potentially for the rest of the year. And client work is really kind of how I typically spend most of my time. And it's something that I have this really interesting push-pull relationship with because I love doing client work. I love doing brand collaborations. I love working with art directors. I love being art directed. Like I like all the things that a lot of people hate about being an illustrator. And yet it's, if you do too much of it, you can burn out because client work is it's commercial work. You're working for somebody else. And while I'm really lucky to work with clients who let me be, you know, really creative and be myself, I also, it's just a lot and a lot of long days and sometimes nights of editing and revisions. And I also tend to work on a lot of projects at once. So I made this decision that I was going to take a break and kind of focus on my own creativity. And then I got really sick. So this is actually my first day back in the studio in two weeks since I got COVID. I had, I got hit pretty hard with it. And um, so I've been working from home a little bit and drawing on my iPad, but this is really my first day back. And I, the first thing I did this morning is I started cleaning my studio because it was a total disaster because I've been working so much, you know, mostly on my iPad huddled on my sofa here in the studio. And so like, Every other inch of my studio was like a dumping ground for crap yeah. that, you know, mail and, you know, all yeah. these things. And so <clears throat> I'm cleaning up so that, um, you know, so that I can come back tomorrow and actually paint or yeah. work on ceramics or whatever. Um, so I'm really excited about having a summer that is um, where some time is reserved for just making stuff. And um, I also do a lot of work with Amy, my head of retail and product development on products that we create and sell. And we also put a hold on that for the rest of the summer. So we're mm. just this week finishing up a bunch of stuff that's going to come out over the next few months. Great. And now we're going to take a break just to allow me more time to paint and stuff. Um, because working on my own products is not client work, but it's similar in that yeah. Amy art directs me, we have deadlines, we have production schedules. Um, I have a really exciting thing happening. I'm making my own magazine. Um, and oh. I say that in, in air quotes because it's limited edition. I think there's only going to be a hundred copies available. It'll be signed and numbered and like wow. very artisanally printed. Um, oh my gosh, Lisa. And you heard it here first. I'm not wow. going to tell you what it's called or anything okay. yet, but um, the first 99 like available four- because I'm having one. I'm buying <laughs> one. <laughs> And I, I hesitate to even call it a magazine because it's more of a zine, um, yeah, yeah. Kind of sort of high-end zine. Um, yeah. Tell me how you imagine all this. it's all images of my work and photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And so it's some photographs and some um, paintings and drawings. And I've like paired everything side by side. Some things are full spread, but a lot of things are just like the conversation between, you know, what's on the left-hand side and what's on the right-hand side when you open up each Love. spread. Um, and it's a, it's like, it's called something that, um, 
I'll write an essay in the beginning of the first one that sort of explains why it's called what it's called. And nice. And so there'll be a little bit of writing some months or some issues. We're going to do this quarterly. So nice. some issues might have a little bit of writing or poetry in them. Um, I didn't have time this time to do anything but curate artwork, but mm-hmm. you know, we're, we hired a graphic designer um, to lay it all out. And he's also designed the logo. And so this is kind of like my, my attempt at doing some monographs really mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. Um, I have so much work that's never been published or never mm-hmm. been published together and so we're self-publishing this these little booklets or zines um every do you quarter. have a size figured out yeah and to be honest I can't remember exactly what it is but uh-huh. it's not it's not like a full-size magazine it's mm-hmm. like smaller mm-hmm. um I want to say it's like that art book I yeah it's like an art book size mm-hmm. um and then we're going to have some fun binding and then every, <clears throat> there'll be some like foil stamps and like every issue will have maybe slightly different binding and, or like die cut features wow. and things like that. And then I'll say, you know, this drops, I think this one's supposed to come out in August. So this drops August, whatever, only a hundred copies. And then Great. we'll do another one that will release in December. And I then, um, and then we'll next year. So this year only has two uh-huh. and then next year we'll ha- hopefully have four and this time I left the theme really open because yeah. I was like didn't have time to like actually create artwork for it but every issue will eventually have like a theme and then the artwork will be curated around the theme oh, so so that. that's some when I've like always dreamed about doing this and mm-hmm. I finally kind of like had the budget and the and the impulse <laughs> to do it yeah so that's one thing that's happening that I'm really excited about. I have a show that opens, a solo show that opens in January, which seems really far away, but I'm giving myself the whole fall, hopefully again, no client work um, to just like make paintings. And at my, Clay and I moved to a new house and the house has one more room than our old house. And that room is now like a dedicated sewing room. So nice. I used to sew like in the basement in our family room. Um, and now I have like an, my own sewing room. And so probably a lot actually, more light. Yes. Um, and so I'm going to start quilting again, which is not something I've done since, um, 2021. Um, and will that be a Portland show with Stephanie or yeah. So else? that's at Stephanie Chefis projects, which is the gallery where I've had three solo shows already. I have my fourth solo show in January, Stephanie's moving to a new space. Ooh. So um, I get to like show, I think I'm the, might even be the first show in her brand new space. Um, and then there's a smaller gallery, like a smaller annex part of the gallery where I'm going to curate a show that oh, goes wow. with my show. So <gasps> I'll like, that sounds um, great. yeah, isn't that fun? Yeah, so I haven't so start, I've started making a list of people that I want to include. Um, and I think I'm going to come up with some kind of theme that's related to the work that I'm making for the show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, like right now I'm in that, um, weird space of not feeling well and like being tired and like, you know, when you're in that space, especially I haven't been sick in so long because I was wearing a mask nonstop for two and a half years. I kind of forgot what it feels like to even have a mild cold, which is basically what I feel like I have right now in the aftermath of COVID. I'm, I've tested negative, but I'm, I'm still a little sick. And, um, you know, when you're sick, sometimes you just feel like 
you're going to feel like this forever. Like you can't imagine not being sick. (laughs) And then that day you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I do not feel sick anymore. (laughs) And you just, it makes you so happy. Right. And so grateful. And I'm a looking forward to that day because right now I'm like, even though I'm talking to you about all these things that are so exciting and I can't wait to work on, I'm also just like exhausted. Yeah. So I, part of me is just like, I just want to go to bed for a month. Um, and, um, but I know this will pass and then I'll get to stepping on, on that work. And, um, I've got a lot of new products coming out, a lot of exciting things. I'm really, you know, I was going to ask you when we were texting the other day, I was saying, you know, we could, I just wanted to kind of know what you were dreaming about. And I love that you said it before I even asked. I mean, I know what is the right word for it? Zine magazine, you know, publication, the, Mm -hmm. I love artist, artist book, artist book. It just makes a lot of sense. What a nice way to put your art into the world in an accessible format. And Mm -hmm. like you were saying, you know, your mind, when you make something or look at something, you might have words that go with it, or gosh, I love how that looks with this piece. And you'll be able to show us what you mean, you know, I think. Yeah. I, and what's been really fun about it. Um, when I was in bed two weeks ago, like I, um, I owed drew my designer. Um, I owed him, you know, basically all 42 pages Mm. and he he's laying them out and everything, but like I needed, I basically went into InDesign and like, I'm not a graphic designer, but I was like, I want this. I kind of decided what should go next. I wanted to be able to just, I wanted to curate like what art went with what, because there are a few um, horizontal things um, that are full spread, but like most things are, and it's a lot of conversation between my older work and my newer work. So I threw, I went into my archives and I found a bunch of stuff that hasn't seen the light of day in years but that I'm still really proud of and is part of my journey. And I like paired it with, Oh, I love that. Um, some of my newer stuff and, um, yeah, so that's been really exciting. And that's, and I included a lot of photographs. Um, some photos are from the residency that I did in the painted Hills area of mm-hmm. Oregon in 2020. Um, a lot of work was inspired by that trip, um, since then. And then, a lot of photos from my trip to Mexico city and Cozumel, um, from earlier this year in the book, a lot of the door photographs that I took paired with artwork. And that was just like really fun. And a couple change places. I like literally changed the color of, um, some of the artwork to sort of match a little bit better with the photographs, but that felt like kind of me, you know, um, elevating my own work in a different way. Well, it sounds like we'll um, see some I, I get inspiration. To d- make those decisions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was really fun, and I want to do more of that. Like, I feel like I'm going through this phase right now where I'm like, okay, I have a team of people who work for me. I'm doing lots of things. In fact, I just you know launched this school called the Knack School, which you can talk about in a second. But I'm trying to like experiment with some new things because I've been running my business in a very steady, consistent way for the last ten years, like mostly client work. And selling things in a shop, occasional mm-hmm. public speaking. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, what if I changed that up and I did less client work and maybe I taught because there's a demand for my mm-hmm. content and stuff. And so I'm trying some new things and I'm learning a lot about what I like and what I don't like in terms of the new things that I'm trying. And um, I think it's important. 
I do too. And giving yourself, um, some time to play and experiment is always where the fresh ideas come from. It's true. It's like, I mean, it's hard because the economy is in, at least in the United States is, uh, is down right now. And so my sales are a bit down. Everybody's are, I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't take it personally. Um, and so I'm, you know, you know, all of, and I'm probably, and I'm probably getting less client work because of the economy that I normally get. Like this Mm -hmm. happened to a lot of people in 2020. It did not happen to me until now. Mm. And so by default, I'm just sort of like, okay, I have the opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to slow down and, and see what else is out there because all of these ways that I've relied on to make income in the past, to -hmm. pay my employees and, um, sustain my business are slowing down. And so what else can I do, um, that I've been have that I've had in my back pocket, you know, um, and that people have been maybe asking for, Oh, definitely. And, um, and so I'm doing a lot of experimenting right now and that feels a little scary (laughs) if I'm honest, but also pretty exciting. Yeah. I love that. Tell, tell us a little bit about knack because you and I talked about it in the beginning and then you jumped right in, which of course I love and admire. And my, you, my business coach was like, was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, well, I have been thinking about this for like three years. I just yeah. like decided to jump on it. And you had your first big call. Yeah. Well, I had a webinar and then I right. also am in the middle of almost at the middle of a, my first coaching cohort. Right. So the coaching cohort so I, has started and yeah, I want to hear. Yeah. So it's called the NAC school and I have sort of always wanted to do more mentoring and coaching. It's something that is part of my life in other ways. So like I teach at PNCA Pacific Northwest college of art in the MFA program. And I teach a class on creative entrepreneurship. And I also mentor in that program. And I mentor for this foundation that I started called the long table foundation. And I remember, you know, for years now I've been like, okay, I want to do more of this because I love it. Like I love teaching and, um, people have been like, oh, I want to take that class. And I'm like, all right, someday when I have less client work or like more bandwidth, which I haven't had for years, I'm going to do this. And it was kind of a perfect storm because financially I needed a new income stream Mm -hmm. because my other aspects of my business were slowing down. And also just sort of like, um, mentally I needed a change. And I want, and I was like, this is the perfect time to try this idea I've had of starting a little kind of online school. And I have classes on other platforms and I'm probably still always going to do that, but this is a way for me to kind of test out something. I, I, I hosted, um, actually they were called the Lisa Congdon sessions, which is the name of my podcast, but I used to teach classes called the Lisa Congdon sessions Hmm. back in the day. And, um, and they were pre-recorded classes that people could buy for like 40 bucks or whatever. Uh And, um, I discontinued those a few years ago. And so, it's kind of like bringing that idea back. So there's right now there's two, um, arms of the NAC school. So one is this coaching cohort. And right now I have 13 people. They're all have at least five years of experience and are all kind of like pretty good artists already. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're just figuring out how to sell their work and they have all kinds of questions about their offerings and their voice and like the right way to do things and what, you know, what best practices there are. And so we get together once a month for three months, once a month, once a week for three months. Mm. 
and um, have a call. And we have our third call tomorrow. And I'll take a cup. They send me their questions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about them. They do homework. Right. I read their homework. Um, we have this like homework assignments. They um, let me know what their questions are. And then I choose a few questions to focus on each session because the okay. session's only an hour and 15 minutes. And I try to choose things that everyone will benefit from. Mm-hmm. And um, so far, so good. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out how to be a good coach and how to try to meet the needs of 13 different people who they're not all illustrators. They're not, they're not all exactly the same. And so finding what are those nuggets that we're all dealing with? Um, Well, and I love the opportunity that that provides for 13 people to deep dive because that's a really unique um, opportunity and possibility. So I'm glad that there's that arm exists as well as, as the, the webinars too. And I, you know, we do learn as we go, you know, but your cohort will tell you that too, you know, the people that come along, which is great. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of preparation. You can't just show up once a week and be like, what do you guys want to talk about? Right. You have to make it worth their time, you know? (laughs) For sure. And I knew that going into it and this is an experiment for me. And so part of me is like, do I enjoy group coaching? Are they feeling the benefits of it? Right what's my return on investment? And so, Mm -hmm. you know, another thing I might try in the future is just individual coaching. So book a call with me for three hours Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I'll coach you or mentor you or help you with whatever it is you're struggling with. I still have to figure out what that would look like and what pricing Mm -hmm. would look like, but I love coaching and I have a lot of experience and knowledge to share. Yes. And I don't, and I really like to share it. Um, So that's potentially happening in the future. In the meantime, in addition to the cohort, I also will be offering webinars on different topics. So we had our first one um, last week. It was on um, commercial illustration and brand collaboration. So I gave a presentation. Um, I love making keynote presentations and making colorful slides and showing people examples and asking questions and going through, you know, all the pros and cons of all the things. Um, so we did that. And then I had about 45 minutes of questions, nice. Q&A. Wow. So people were asking questions in the, um, this was over Zoom and uh-huh. it was a webinar. So I didn't see people's faces, but they saw right. me Yeah, and I answered questions and then we ran out of time. And so um, 45 and minutes is gonna, great for questions though. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I realized um, I had to go a little long because my presentation of course took longer than I thought. Uh, although I feel like I probably saved some time in questions because I did present a lot of sure. information that I knew people would be asking about. Um, although people asked amazing questions. Um, I also am, what came out of that was like, oh, so many questions about things that were like tangentially related. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's another webinar. So I yep. think my next one, hoping to launch it in um, October, I've already talked to my agent, Ryan. We're going to do one on agents and contracts. Cool. Because those are a lot of the questions I got about commercial mm-hmm. illustration that um, I can answer on a surface level, but Ryan is really an expert. And so, you know, every um, webinar I do, every coaching session I do, I think of more content that I could present. Um, and I really like the idea of having some of the webinars have have guests. I love that. I'm similar to how you do yours, Mm -hmm. like either somebody teaching an art skill Mm -hmm. or somebody talking with me about, um, a business topic. Um, and 
So more, definitely more webinars to come. I'm not sure like my, I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure out my sweet spot for coaching. Like what feels like the right format for coaching. I know I want to do coaching and mentoring, but like what, you know, what that looks like is probably going to be driven a lot by what I learn in the next two months as we finish out this coaching cohort and like all of that, but webinars are worse. That was a slam dunk. That was so fun. I think people really enjoyed it. Got out a lot. Well, and out people of it, learn so from each other at the, and the questions that are asked. Well, exactly. And, and there's, they're, if they're, they're like $40, $45. And if you buy a replay, it's $30. So it's like, it's affordable where the coaching cohort is, was expensive. Yeah, you know, but that's it's a intensive. whole different thing. It's intensive that's and intensive. it's small, meant to be small. And there's a Slack group and people get to ask me questions on Slack. Like it's, it's, so, you get me, you get it, you get access to me. And that's um, valuable. And that's something people take more money, pay more money for. Yeah. So people are wondering right this second, how they get a hold of this webinar. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So if you go to my, my website and you can put this in your show notes, but if you go yeah, to my website, um, lisacongdon.com, there is a, um, a link up top called classes. And if you click on that, um, that page takes you to any webinar that I've ever produced. That one will definitely, by the time this episode launches, fingers crossed, the replay will be live. We're still learning. Actually, thanks to Margo. Margo has been coaching my team on all of this stuff because she's so experienced at it. Um, but, um, if it's not up yet, it will be up soon. And, um, and then, any information about future future coaching opportunities and future web- webinars, you can just find on my, the classes page of my website. Great. And I would imagine if they're not on your email list, they should sign up. That yeah. So I also have an email list, which you can sign up for on my website. And if you follow me on Instagram, which is just my name at Lisa Congdon, um, there's information there. And then there, the NAC school actually has its own Instagram. So it's called the NAC school. Love it. And, um, you know, I really, I like came up with the name pretty quickly because- you did. <laughs> I, 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 you know, so many great names for things are taken. Um, but I was like, what do I want people to get, like have a knack for something Ah. like, and, and that's really where it comes from is just like my desire to help artists feel like they have the knack at some, at business and, and to build their repertoire of knacks, I guess. I have a, this closet full of knacks. Yeah, it was yes. great because we talked about it. And then like, I don't even think it was 12 hours later. She, you're like, it's the knack yeah. school. I'm like, wow, yeah. way to go. Well, it's funny. I've never named something that fast. Like seriously, usually I'll take like a week or two. And I have a team of really bright um, employees mm-hmm. and we all brainstorm things together. And God, sometimes Amy and I are just trying to name a product. And I like belabor over it for like three weeks to the point where the product is delayed in getting released because Lisa can't agree on a name, but this was one where we sat down. I was like, okay, you guys, we're gonna have a group brainstorming. So we all sat down, we got out the thesaurus. We like, we're Googling things and we came up with like three or four possibilities. And then all of a sudden I was like the knack school. And Amy was like, that's it. And like, there was no discussion after that because we just had to make sure it didn't exist anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you know, we had to, and then I was just like, I literally, went into the other room, my own private studio from where my employees work. And I like walked through the door to the other room, sat down and made a logo like in the next 10 minutes. So I was like, we got to get this out into the world before I change my mind. 
<laughs> you know, I was talking to your team and I had such a great time talking to them because we were all they so, love talking to you too. So wound up and excited about all the potential that I feel this has. And and I, I was like, what that was named in like moments. She's like, I know she came back out with the logo in like no time at all. So that to yep, me means that was- it's absolutely right. Well, it's funny. My coach, Nina, um, I, I work with this, um, amazing, amazing business coach named Nina Kaufman. And the week after I like, it was about two weeks after I named and launched the program. She's like, I can't believe you did this without talking to me first. And I was like, <laughs> hashtag truth. I'm sorry. And not that you, I have to run everything by Nina, sure. but like, this was like a big business decision. Yeah. And normally we talk about these things. And I was like, Nina, I seriously, had all this energy that I haven't had in a long time for something. And I was afraid that if I took too long, I would chicken out or change my mind, or I'd get some big client job that was, you know, going to force me to not do it. And I just like went with it. So then we ended up spending our coaching session. And part of how I've learned to be a good coach is being coached by somebody who knows how to coach, which is, but we got like, we, basically brainstormed outcomes for the entire coaching cohort. And like, I had a vague idea of what I wanted to do with them. And of course I wrote a listing that had like outcomes on it, but we really refined them. And, um, it helped me so much to like really hone in on the first session together, like what the work we were going to do together. And, um, it's just, it's kind of like when you're a therapist, you have to, it's really important to go to therapy. And I feel like when you're, I'm not a, I'm not a, a life coach, but I am a, essentially a business coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not certified and I never will be this is, but right. I can coach people on running an art business. And sure. I've learned so much from working with the coach. Like it's just, she's, she's re- been really amazing. But I love that you said that outcomes because often, you know, so many courses or many of the online offerings are, you know, what's, what's that person's going to get. You have to put on your, you know, marketing, what, what are they going to get out of this? Which I mean, that's not blowing smoke. That's true. People want to know what am I going to get, but, but often coming up with those outcomes, it feels like you, you can go way back to the, if you only eat grapefruit and dry toast, you're going to lose 30 pounds, you know, that's, but what is happening with you and, and often in some of in the things that we're aligned with is an outcome that's really manageable, achievable, attainable, and true. And, and to come up with those and have a coach help with that, that's super rewarding, exciting. Cause you know, you're actually going to give people the tools to have that outcome. I hope so. And honestly, in this class, like cohort, I should say it is kind of like a class, but this group, you know, the vast majority of them are doing the homework every week and like you get out of something, what you put into it also. I mean, this ding, isn't ding. just a transfer of knowledge. This is like you showing up and doing the work. Yep. And like, I know the people who have the bandwidth right now to actually do the homework. And I do make it optional to be honest, because mm-hmm. the homework part, because um, some people it's the middle of summer and people yeah. have vacations and I don't want this to be feel stressful. I want this right. to be a, a joyful learning experience, but if homework doing the homework helps you learn and grow, um, then, uh, you know, by all means do it. And people are turning it in. They don't even have to turn it in and they're turning it in because they want to be accountable to somebody for making changes. Mm. And that's the part that feels really exciting to me. Like this wonderful student named Cecilia Mock. Do you, mm, have you ever had Cecilia yes. as a student mm. or, you know, who she she is? she's like, a, work. she's an Australian artist. Yeah. 
I love her. Um, and she gets up, she and this other woman, Kristen Cat, Kristen Katz, get up at two o'clock in the morning in Australia to be Are part they of both the cohort. In it? Oh, I love yeah. That. And Cecilia wrote an email to me the other day. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but wow. um, she's a wonderful botanical. Mm -hmm. I guess that's how I would describe her work, like lots of florals, just beautiful, colorful work and getting really into surface design. And she was telling me in both of the homework assignments that she's done, she's had major revelations. Wow. And here, here I am doing these coaching sessions, right? And hoping people have revelations while I'm coaching. Right. But she's having revelations on top of that while she's doing her homework. And that to me was like, that's why you do the work, Yeah. you know? Um, because, and that's the whole point is like, you can sometimes answer your own questions by doing the homework. Like you have a question about something, the homework assignment gets you to think about it. And then all of a sudden you realize like, ah, mm -hmm. I know what I'm supposed to do now. I don't even need to ask Lisa. Right. <laughs> My job's not to tell you what to do or what right. necessarily, but to have you discover it for yourself. And that's challenging, but it's rewarding when it happens. And without giving too much away, are your homework assignments, creative thinking or creative action? So the first homework assignment, and I haven't figured all of them out yet, but the first one was like, I just want to know, we're, we're talking a lot about offerings, like really honing in on, because ultimately when it comes down to it, this class is for people who want to make a living making art, even if it's a right. part-time living. Right. And so to monetize your work, you have to have offerings. Those offerings might be teaching. They might be yep. illustration. They might be a shop. They might be yep. um, a podcast. They might be any number of things or all of the above, but getting really clear on what are your offerings and, um, and making a clear kind of very cohesive set of offerings that makes mm -hmm. sense to you. And that feels manageable. goes back and to so outcomes. Right. Exactly. And one of the outcomes for the class is for people to, to have, you know, to really enact one offering that they have been sitting on for a long time or that Love they that. feel stuck on. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's one thing, whether you're a fine artist and I've got a few fine artists or whether you're an illustrator or designer, mm -hmm. and I've got a few of those, you know, that you figure out what it is you're giving to the world or you want to sell to the world. And, um, you know, there's this little Venn diagram that I showed them, which is like, there's the sweet spot between kind of um, your passions and values, your skills, like what you're good at and what your audience needs or wants, right? There has to be some demand for something. Yeah. And usually the best offerings fall in the center of that. And so um, I had them do an analysis of their current offerings mm. as they relate to those three things. And then what offerings are you know, that they're, that they're sort of dreaming about this past week, they read chapter two of art Inc, which is, um, mm -hmm. a book I published eons ago, almost 10 years ago now. Oh my God. And, um, that chapter really deals with like, uh, kind of like dreaming big about where you want to land as an artist and then okay. kind of backwards mapping. Okay. Um, if I want to be a children's book illustrator and I want to publish a children's book, like what are all the things that I can start doing now to get there? And, you know, I like to call that like back, backwards mapping or, you know, it's kind of like backwards goal setting. So you start yeah. big and then you go back to like a manageable task. And so this week's assignment was really about like getting down to some concrete things they can do to um, get to one of their big goals. Those are big actionable steps too. I, I love that. When I work one-on-one -on -one with someone for a 
an extended group of times or period of times, we do that same thing. It's usually somebody who's ready to, well, not the same thing, but do it. Usually it's something they've been wanting to achieve, but just need some guidance getting there and, and helping people watch that happen. And I, I love, I'm going to circle back to when you present, uh, when, when I've been to one of the, the talks that you've given, I always feel like you're, the way you present is so clear. It's colorful, it's visual, but it's also very, it makes so much sense. It's not just a pretty picture, it's words coming at you and it's their story, your story in it. And it it's all wrapped up in like, this is how to think about it. This is how to move yourself through this thing. And you're so good at it. And it, it this yeah. just sounds like it's tying that all together, but in both paths of your, of the NAC school. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like, I could have taken, uh, six months and like mapped this all out. And I tend to not work that yeah. way. Like yeah. I tend no. to jump in once I feel confident that I have enough skill or knowledge in something, I'll just jump in and try it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's messy for a minute. Um, some people can't do that or don't like to do that. I'm just one of those people who is comfortable with things being a little bit messy. And I would definitely say, um, things feel a little messy to me. They probably don't appear to be messy to my students or my, my coaching cohort, um, because I'm doing something for the first time and I'm going to learn so much about how to do it better. The more I do it, it's just like with anything. I I'm one of those people that if I hear something's happening for the first time, I I'm more apt to jump in, not because it's messy, but because we're all learning at the same time. Mm -hmm. And often too, I feel like there are relationships that are cemented then because of that, that are just, they just are wonderful and they don't go away. Yeah, it's true. I, I started a Slack group for this cohort and just this week they started talking to each other. So, um, they have like, there's like topic areas where you can ask me or other people in the cohort a question. Mm. So we have a rule in the actual coaching sessions that are on zoom that you are not allowed to give advice to other people. That's my job. And that's actually something I I learned from Nina (laughs) from when Mm -hmm. she coaches, like Mm. when I'm in a group coaching session with Nina, it's like an agreement that it's, there's no hierarchy of knowledge or anything in the group. I like that. Yeah. But in the Slack group, they can ask if they ask a question of the group, then people can tell them what they think. And I love that they're starting to share. There've been several group conversations and actually Cecilia asked this really great question that about five or six people have jumped in and answered or responded to. And I like to see that activity that it's not also all relying on me because, and this is one of the things that I talked about a, a little bit in my webinar last week on, even on commercial illustration, it's like the more you can build a community of other creatives or be part of a community of other creatives, the more likely it is that you're going to get work, the more likely it is you're going to sell work, the more likely it is um, you're going to get the right advice, the more Mm -hmm. likely it is. um, I always like to talk about community over competition. And um, the more we give, the more we get. And making friends is, is how you network and how you meet people and how you get jobs. And if you keep yourself and your work isolated, hidden from view, no one's going to connect with you. And the people in this cohort, who knows if they'll ever even speak again after (laughs) they're done, but it's possible people will forge relationships that will last a long time. And that to me is part of why I'm doing it. Like being part of a community of artists is really important. And I know you've experienced that too in your own programming. For For sure. Oh my gosh. It's so potent. And it's so beautiful to see that start to happen when, 
when that community starts to stand for each other. And I've been part of a cohort, not necessarily a creative cohort, which which was interesting too, because it was during COVID and it was more of a business, women's business cohort. But what we've learned from each other, because we're all involved in different things, and then how we've been able to continue to support and work with each other because of the skills we each bring to it has been something that I didn't expect. Because when I went into it with my coach, Nicole Nieves of the Brand Vibe, I just said, hey, can I'd like to do one-on-one coaching? And she was like, "Mm, I highly recommend you becoming part of this small group. And because I don't know, I'm kind of a, I like to just figure things out on my own, but oh my gosh, that was the best advice. Because yeah, we, I got something from each one of these women and yeah, not something. That's what I'm really hoping for. It's like, even if they're not talking to each other and asking each other questions and connecting, they're listening to what questions I'm asking the other person and asking themselves the same questions or what advice I'm giving that person and giving themselves the same advice. And one of our, another agreement we have in the group is that, um, you know, is to stay open because you might, somebody might ask a question and you're like, that doesn't, that either that's not relevant to my situation or I already know that yeah. that's something we tell each what we tell ourselves, even when we don't do it consciously, right? Mm-hmm. There are certain thoughts that go through our minds and to catch yourself and be aware that anything I say to somebody or any question I might ask someone to get them to reflect on their own situation is potentially something that could be helpful to you. And that's why yes. group coaching can be so powerful because yeah. you're not just getting direct advice or coaching yourself. You're getting, um, you're listening to other people be coached on things that, that might also be important for you to listen to and learn. And the reason that there's a little bit of a, we want, we want to really try to avoid, uh, like people are paying me to kind of be the expert or be the coach. Um, mm. and there's a, sometimes in these forums, a lot of unsolicited advice yeah. that is <laughs> yeah, not inappropriate. And so one of the rules that we have in the actual live coaching sessions is that you can't raise your hand and say, well, my experience was you should try this because that's not your role. Your, your role is really to be a learner at all times. And everyone's role is to, to, to um, absorb and you can have conversations and ask for advice of other people in the Slack group. But in our live coaching sessions, we really try to keep the, the playing field really egalitarian. I like and, that delineation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so far been great because they do have a lot of knowledge and experience that I want them to share with each other. And then there's a time and place for that. And then there's a time and place for me to sort of like for them to get the most out of their time with me in person, which is the hour and a half each week that we have together. The hour makes a lot of sense. So this will continue for three months. And then do you see, do you have another one on the 2023 calendar yet? Well, if I launch another group coaching cohort, it'll be in January. I have to see how this one goes. Yeah, I might sense. move to one-on-one coaching depending on my schedule, because, um, I have a lot of travel planned next year. I'm going to Japan for a period of time. And yeah, when I do a coaching cohort, I really need to be available mo- every week for, you know, f- um, you know, three months. Right. Right. And not, maybe not every week, but the majority Right. I think this coaching cohort has 10 sessions in three months. And so I'm worried about the schedule. It's a lot of work too. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I prepare before every session. I read everybody's homework. I read everybody's coaching questions. I decide there's a little bit of input at the beginning of every session where I talk through something and then we get into coaching. 
And um, it's, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, okay, right now I don't have any client work, so I have plenty of time to do it. But if I were to go back to client work in 2023, will I also have time to right. do coaching cohorts? And so that's, right. I still need to figure out that. I know I want to do coaching, but it might be easier for me to do, not do a program and just mm-hmm. do like you buy sessions from me for one-on-one mm-hmm. coaching. It's quite a balance because I mean, even back to the beginning of the conversation and talking about the continuity of a weekly podcast or whatever that might be, it's like, you know, it, everything, single thing that we offer takes care and feeding, whether it's client work or, you know, you're committing to three months of calls or whatever it is, you want to be able to, to live up to that commitment. Well, and so. people are paying $4,000 to spend three months with me. That's a yeah. lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure but it's a that lot people, of information. It is, but I want to make sure I deliver on yeah, that for sure. Um, and so there's that. And also a lot of people who run these programs, that's all they do. Mm-hmm. They Correct. don't do client work. Right. They maybe do some licensing, but, um, and I get why, yeah. because it's, yeah. it's a lot. And I don't, I will never give, I will never not do client work. I love it too much. I will never not have my own fine art practice. Mm-hmm. I will never not run a shop right. and create my own products so and the balance my work. And how it works for you is the most important. That's right. I have to find a way that allows me to do all the other things. Cause I'm never going to be that person who is just an education platform. That's yeah. maybe when I'm retired, but not now. I can't see that being, I mean, you wouldn't be fulfilling your passions that way. No, exactly. And I feel like I wouldn't, I would have less to share because so much right. of what I share is just like, oh my gosh, you guys you to live it. Listen to what happened to me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, this is totally sure. relevant to that question you just asked. Yeah. yeah. I lo- And that's what makes it so worth it. I, I'm so glad you're doing this. It's, it's really exciting. And yeah. Yeah. I think, I I mean, the good, the, here's the, here's the the long and short of it. I will continue to offer webinars. That's a no brainer. Mm. Um, and on different topics and have, um, and, and people will be able to buy them after they're recorded. So Mm -hmm. there'll be like a library of them. I will always coach. I do not know exactly what that's going to look like. Right. Um, whether it's going to be group coaching, individual coaching, um, or something in between. Um, that's the part that I'm still trying to figure out because that's the part that's so new to me. Like I've been teaching yeah. at the university level now for a few years and have like taught classes online for years. Teaching is like a very um, strong skill set that I have. I was also an elementary school t- teacher. I understand pedagogy, you know, but coaching is new to me. So I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure out like, what works for me, what works for other people, what's the right price point, what's the right amount of time, you know, all that stuff matters. And, um, and I, and I, I don't want to commit to anything until I figure more out. I love that. And I do, I do appreciate the fact that you dove in and these 13 people are doing that with you because yeah, that's they, how... they took a big risk. They did. Well, you know, I kind of like, I think it's worth the, it. Like jump in. I mean, I hope they, they think that I've been getting positive feedback so far. So, and I think if we plan it too long, which I've been known to plan a few things too long, and I'm a big jumper in (laughs) her as well, that, but the things that feel the most exciting and aligned, you just, when you do it, then it, and it, it tells its own story back to you. So, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, you and I could talk for hours, but people might have other things. I lost track of time. I love this. I'm just so glad. I know hundred felt like kind of a big deal hundred podcasts. So I know. Uh, and I'm so honored that you texted me and asked me to 
do this last week because of course I, and I'm lucky, you're lucky because this summer I'm like, I was like, no I've way got, is she going to have got, time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I actually did. And on the day that you requested. So, and that's different for me. Like yeah. normally right now I'm like so busy and I really do have more bandwidth. In fact, I've been spending almost the entire day so far, just as I mentioned earlier, cleaning up my studio. And that feels like a gift, you know, traditionally I just have so much client work that I'm just constantly have my face in my iPad and, mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm in a meeting and it feels really nice to just like walk in here and be like, today I'm going to clean my studio because I, I can, that. because I have time. So, you know, yeah. I, I being COVID bound, I, and we're, I mean, I'm, I work a lot all the time and I took this last week off from work. And it was a revelation just to Mm -hmm. be like, I really haven't had time to work in my garden. Mm -hmm. And I think I'll Mm -hmm. figure out how to make this thing and just some time on my own inbox. And yeah, felt really good too. I'm going on vacation. I'm leaving Thursday and I'm like purposefully, I have like end papers for a children's book due before I leave. And then one thing to Amy for something that we're going to be producing after I get back. And other than that, like that's it. And I'm going to finish those by Thursday and then take the whole week off to just enjoy myself. Because um, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Even when I go on vacation, I'm still usually working on the plane or at night or whatever. Yeah. So it's healthy Good. to take a complete break. It is. We recommend it for all everyone. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the topic of my my last podcast episode was taking breaks. Take so. a break. It's a good thing. So we will keep our eyes open for the artist magazine, whatever it's being called. I'm excited about that to be I'm, revealed. To be very excited about that. I'm excited because I'm taking delivery on a Lisa Congdon bike. That's one of a kind. Soon, Margo <laughs> won my e-bike from Schwinn. <laughs> it was one of those really weird things, like. And not like I had an extra, you know, I was like, I really feel like this is an important cause. I want to donate to this cause. And I didn't, I knew you had told me about it when you were painting it. And I was like, oh yeah. Cause it showed up in your stories and I happened to be looking and I was like, oh, I'm going to go check that out. And then I bid on it. She absolutely sure bid. that I was not going to win. And yeah. then I was like, what? I won. So there you go. That's, that's amazing. And I'm now it's in the family. And actually next time I visit you, I'll get to write it, which is like, it'll be a good picture. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Full circle. People at Schwinn are going to be like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the person who got it. And I'm like, yes, as a matter of fact. Well, and the other funny thing is, is they're like, yeah, we deliver it free white glove delivered to your door. And I was like, oh, you're not going to. You no. you don't know you're, what you're, you're in like. For. I live on an island. You, have you to get do that not want a ferry. <laughs> she, I text my. I was like, just checking to make sure you got my information. She's like, yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> I might awesome. have to write it from Wisconsin. I know that's anyway. funny. Well, thank uh, you. I'm glad you're bet. feeling better. I know it's going to take thank a you. bite out of your, um, out of your gravel racing plans this summer, but. It all sounds like things are unfolding exactly. Yeah. How they There's always another gravel race. Yeah. Well, and I, know. I love your commitment to that and how that, how just watching you soar into that. And, and I mean, <laughs> just, you're so excited about it. And you're like, look at me. I am actually a distance rider and things like that. I just, I feel like we, we can all episode learn from on, you. on my race last year. We did a year ago. So, um, yeah. So if anybody's interested in my foray into, um, gravel racing at 
in my fifties, go listen to that episode. Yeah. We'll so. link it here too. In the, I mean, in the podcast notes, because it's a good one too. So cool. Thanks for being here again today. All my right. dear friend. Thanks for having me, Margo. You betcha. It's great talking to you. You too. Every time. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.